Just reminding ourselves of what we have covered this week, um, which was basically our week three. And then we're going to be opening it up to uh, all of us here. The Lord will enable us to just share. We began day 15. We began day 15 uh, of our 30-day challenge with looking at uh, how you can release healing, releasing healing. And remember, we're looking at the story of Joseph. Um, who you know who you know really lived a very tragic life, a young man that had really strong dreams and eventually ended up in a pit, abandoned by those close to him. His brothers um, you know, abandoned him, they threw him in a pit, they changed their mind, they sold him into slavery, and eventually ended up as a houseboy in somebody's house. Then he, he that didn't last long. Uh, he was betrayed and he ended up in prison. In prison, he was forgotten. But eventually, at the end of all these things, he ends up uh, in, the, you know, in, as in the leadership position in, in, in Egypt. And when his brothers come to visit him, uh, we're able to get a glimpse of his, of his life. And we see him, um, you know, saying, you know, you, 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 you know, I'm not angry with you anymore. You sold me here. Um, and I'm not angry because you sold me here. But God sent me ahead so that he could preserve you know, it could preserve life. Over the time, you know, Joseph had overcome, um, you know, the pain. He had overcome that betrayal. And as much as he was hurting, he was crying, you know, seeing the very people who had thrown him. But over life, he had forged a meaning um, into what had happened in his life. And we saw that 100% of all that has happened to you is designed to make you better, not bitter. So we don't see Joseph being bitter and saying, I'm going to take revenge. No, no. Over the time, he had forged a meaning. When he saw his brothers there, it dawned on him. You know, God had sent him ahead so that he could prepare um, and rescue his family and during this time. And he saw it's exactly the same thing for us. If we are going to heal from the things that, that hurts, because we are living in a fallen world where people do very difficult, you know, bad things to us. They hurt us. They abuse us. They take advantage of us. They cheat us, you know, openly. You know, they, you, they lie, they, you know, stab you at the back. There's just so much pain. Uh, and we saw that for us um, that to be able to heal from that, it is very important for us to rewrite our past. And it is to look back in your life in a very meditative stage and look at the things, the pain, the painful things that have happened in your life. And, you know, try to look at them, um, you know, with a new meaning and see what the Lord intended, just like Joseph. He had, you know, he had, he had looked back at what had happened. He had come to understand that there was a purpose behind it. And so for you to really heal from all those wounds, you need to look at it from the perspective that God designed those things to make you who you are today. You would maybe, some of you will not be born again. You'll not be having the testimony that you have here. If it's not what you went through, but the pain, the suffering that you went through, maybe when you were growing up or during your family situation, is what has made who you are. Is what has given you the, the, the power to work hard. It's, it's what has given you focus. It's what has given you that determination. So what you went through has made you today. And so you can look back and say, no, God allowed you to go through that so that you could be able to be who you are today and you can be able to touch the world in a very unique way. And we remember we, we said that even the Krem as a ministry, we went through a very, very difficult phase when this ministry was starting. Really, really painful moment. There were moments of a lot of tears, a lot of pain, betrayal, 
um, you know, things that were very, very bad. People that we loved really stabbed us back in a very deep, you know, in a very hurting way. But, you know, over the time now, we look back and we say, you know, if we had not gone through that, we would not be here today. We will not be who we are. This ministry will not exist in its form. Um, you know, God allowed us to go through that in those formative stages so that we could be who we are today. We could, you know, we could be able to, to, uh, to, uh, to do what we do. We will not actually be doing what we are doing today if we had not gone through that pain during those, those emotive days of our, of our formation. And so now we look back and we say, actually, it's good we went through that. Because it made us unique. It made us who we are today. And it's the same thing with you. You have hurt. You have gone through pain, maybe in your early life. Maybe even people abused you. They did bad things to you. But, you know, and, and things that have happened, just bad things that just happen in your life, tragic things that just happen that you don't understand. And, and as painful as they are, but now you can look back and see actually that, that, that thing that you've went through has made you who you are today. You look at life very differently. You empathize with people more differently. You can touch the world. You can sympathize with people. You can cry with people because you have been there. You've, you've gone through that pain and you understand it better than anyone else. Today, your ministry is because of what you have gone through. And so we saw when you look at life through that, it actually releases healing in your life. You, you doesn't take away what happened, but it brings you healing, a new perspective of life. And, you know, and, 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 and that's why we say when you rewrite your past, you actually rewrite your future. So day 15 was, I think, a very, very important part. And we said, practice that. Go deep inside your heart, all the things that maybe have hurt you and are still fresh, and try to revisit them like, like Joseph here. And try to get a meaning out of it and rewrite that. Rewrite them with a perspective of today. And you'll actually get healed from that. It will still, you know, it's the, you can't remove the event, but you stop having power uh, in you and stop holding you as a prisoner. It releases you to serve God. It releases you to touch people, to minister to people in a very, very unique way uh, in Jesus' name. And 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 it's and it's, it's, we see it across in families, with our children, with our places of work. Um, you know, just things that have happened. But you know, those experiences have made you who you are today. They have made you who you are today, and and that has become your ministry. Anyway, I can go on and on on day fifteen. I think it was very powerful uh, because we, we need to heal. There's uh, so much pain happening. There's so much pain around us, and if we don't go through this process, we become prisoners. We never move forward because we blame God. You can blame God, blame people. You you know you blame yourself. You blame your parents. You blame people, and so you sort of like act as a victim. Um, you know, what you know, you move from saying, God, why did you allow this to happen to me? To start saying, No, God, I thank you for allowing this to happen to me because it made me who I am. As painful as it was, you know, but it's made me who, who I am. And when you when you forge a meaning like that, it releases healing in your life. Then day 16 uh, was again very important. We looked at developing a dream life manifesto. Most of you remember what we said. We even said all the political parties that we saw contesting for elections. They all had manifestos. They had manifestos. There was a big day. They dedicated to launching the manifesto. Said, if we come to power, this is what you can expect us to do. They you know, articulated what they'll do for counties, what they'll do for the national government, what they'll do for hustlers, what they'll do for this, for this, for this. We said, as soon as we come to power, this is what you can expect us to do. They, they came up with a manifesto. Now, whether they follow the manifesto or not is another different issue. But I just want to articulate the importance of having your own dream life manifesto. You know, where you've written down the things that you like to do as the Lord leads you. And this 30 day challenge, every single day, we are learning something, you are rebuilding um, um, your manifesto. And maybe on day 31, on, on the third day when we are graduating, 
um, on, on the 30th day or the 31st day and the day of graduation. You need to be able to shake our hands and say, you know, brethren, here is my manifesto. Can you come and uh, be present as I launch my manifesto? Or what you can expect from me in the next five years, 10 years, uh, in the next 30 years? Um, you know, this is, this is me. This is what you can expect to happen. Because you have written it down as clarity around what, what, what you're going to do. And when you do, when you have that manifesto, it, it removes clutter. It's focus. Uh, you're able to, you know, be focused. You're able to um, remove a lot of noise over your life. It removes unnecessary relationships, unnecessary linkages, and it brings focus in your life. So I'm hoping by day 31, each one of us will have his own manifesto. If you're not started working on it, it's not too late. Um, and, and that's why we are here learning about it. When we come to have a cup of coffee in your home and we are sitting outside your house and, and we are chatting, please make sure you bring your manifesto and, and launch it and tell us, this is what I'm planning to do. You know, what there are things you can share, you can share, and, and you know, then I would be very, very encouraged. That was day 16 anyway. Um, again, let me not get carried away, but I, I really believe in, in, in having manifestos. You know, it brings power in prayer. Sometimes why people don't come to prayer meetings because they don't know what to pray for. You know, so, okay, it's an all-night prayer. I mean, like today we have an all-night of prayer meeting and sometimes you go, okay, what am I going to pray for? You know, but if you have your manifesto, every time you have a, an opportunity to be the presence of God, you just reach out to it and say, oh, yeah, this is what I'm believing God for my relationship, you know, for my business, for my family, um, you know, for my health, for my philanthropic work, for, you know, my career, my, you know, my own personal life, for ministry, for church. There's something you've written down and you can spend hours before God meditating on it and, and just speaking to it. The reason why we are weak in prayer is because we don't know what to pray for. But when you have a manifesto, you have so much to talk to God about that it brings a lot of meaning. The reason why, you know, people don't want to read the word of God because why am I reading it anyway? But when you have a manifesto which has got things that you're believing God for, it forces you to, to, to read and hear what God is saying about that particular thing in your life. A manifesto is becomes a compass that, that guides our lives and brings meaning to our spiritual life. That was day 16. Day 17, and I better move uh, quickly. Day 17, uh, we tackled self-actualization. Um, you know, part two, uh, self-actualization was huge, was huge, was huge. Um, very, very important topic. And uh, in part two, we were looking at the, uh, with the story of David and Goliath and how he was able to prevail and what mattered a lot was issue around self-esteem. You remember, you said the importance of answering these three things. Self-esteem, we looked at how do I value myself? You know, how do you value yourself? The self-esteem answers that question. How do you value yourself? How do you feel about yourself? That is, you know, th that was the question that um, self-esteem answers. Then we talked about self-image. We said, how do you see yourself? You know, it's a question of how do you value yourself? That's how we declare every morning. I'm valuable. I'm a, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a spiritual being valuable before God. That's how we declare that. How do you value yourself? And then self-image. How do you see yourself? You know, what, what, how do you see yourself? Then self-projection is we tackle about the image you want other people to feel when they come in contact with you. When we come and you know spend some time with you, how, how do you want to? You know, me to live thinking. Do I feel kindness? Do I feel respected? Do I feel like treasure? Do I feel what what projection? What do you want people to, to know about you? Again, very important three things: self-esteem, self-image, self-projection. 
and there was a lot of work, uh, work, you know, exercises that was designed to make sure that you have the right, you know, image of yourself, the self-rejection and also self-esteem. Very, very important thing. Then day 18 uh, was also self-actualization part three. And here we looked at who am I, who am I not? And if you remember, we're talking about if you go to a party uh, or a meeting and people ask that you introduce yourself, you know, who do you say you are? You know, we said people will tend to introduce themselves using their roles, you know, their career. The, you'll hear I'm professor so-and-so, I'm doctor so-and-so, I'm, you know, accountant so-and-so, I'm engineer so-and-so. We tend to use those roles and all responsibility. You say, oh, I'm mama so-and-so, I'm daddy to so-and-so, I'm, you know, I'm the manager, I'm the CEO, or we use relationships. You know, I'm the mother, the son, the uncle, the so-and-so. We use all those three things when we try to describe um, you know, our, 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 ourselves. But we ask the question, is that really who you are? And yeah, what we are saying is that the truth is you need to reach a point where you are describing yourself using things that cannot be taken away from you because that, you know, a time will reach when those engineering things will be of no value to you. A time will reach when nobody will care whether you are an accountant or not. Um, you know, the, the, the children who call you fathers, daughters, son, mother, they'll all disappear. Or your husband may not be there. Your wife may not be there. And so you need to reach a point where you know who you are and describe yourself using things that cannot be taken away from you. You know, if, 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 if something that you are describing yourself with can be taken away from you and when it's taken away to create suffering, um, you, know, it, you know, it diminishes who you are, then, then there's a problem there. So we need to reach a point where we know who we are and that we can describe ourselves uh, without using things that can be taken away from us. So that was a very, very important thing. And I think the earlier we learned that, uh, you know, the better. We didn't want to, you know, to use the ego. The ego likes to, uh, to attach itself to things, to positions, um, you know, to self. And we saw, no, that's not who we are. Uh, we need to describe ourselves with things that can never be taken away from us. Who am I? Who am I not? Very important. Then day 19 was about self-mastery. You saw this is really the difference here. You can learn so many things like we are doing, you know, today. But we, we said self-control and, you know, self-mastery is having self-control and applying self-discipline. Self-control is knowing what you to do or not to do. Being clear about what you can do and what you can't do. And then self-discipline is giving yourself a command and obeying it. And we said if you have self-mastery, that is a combination of self-control and self-discipline. You become unstoppable. And then lastly, yesterday on our perfect day meditation, we saw the importance of, of, of walking your future, meditating on your future. Remember, we are giving the example of, um, you know, if, if, you, are, if you, are, you are believing God for something, or all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere. You start seeing it everywhere. It's like a, a, a mother who is expectant. When you're expecting a child, all of a sudden, you start seeing children around you. When you're walking, um, you start seeing children. And before, they used to be there, but you never used to take notice of them. You start seeing, you know, clothes, um, children advertisements. When people are advertising things for children on the television, now you pay attention. Then you go to a shop. You start draw, being drawn to children's things. Why? Because you are now expecting a child and you are meditating on that, you know, on, on that. So it's the same thing. If we can, um, you know, be very clear about our dream life and meditate on it and walk through it, then all of a sudden things become to align. And we saw that's a very powerful thing. So that's what we covered uh, yesterday as we brought the third week to an end. 
And uh, uh, we ended up now here where we are today, which is our day of Sabbath and a day of just reflection on what the Lord has done. So that is what we covered. And um, I'm 